0: Did y'all enjoy that word today? Yes. Hey, particularly for this group, uh, increase more and more in twenty twenty four. I'll grab it onto that one. So uh, you know, whatever you're believing God for, and and uh, starting a business and or increasing your business, progressing in your business, this is uh, the coming year to take ground. Yeah. And as the world gets darker, we shine brighter. Amen. Amen. The favor of God's on us, increases on us. Y'all know all this. I'm just encouraging you. Uh, so I'm excited about that. So uh, we today, we're, we try to do these quarterly. We had quite a gap between, uh, I think our last one was April. And it was just because of the travel schedule. But our next one's going to be in December. And then that will uh, finish out. And then we'll try to give you some of the dates for... You know, I'm kind of subject to uh, Dr. Savell's travel dates. And so we kind of try to work around some of that stuff. So, amen. Uh, Heath Ragsdale is one of our friends that we got to know through the President's Cabinet, which is a, for lack of a better word, mission support group for Dr. Savell. A lot of people don't know the stuff that we do all over the world uh, at the ministry. And, And like, for example, during COVID, the ministry here fed tens, uh, tens and tens of thousands, uh, you know, in Africa and around the, around the world. So when I got here, that was the biggest thing that I was surprised that, um, I didn't realize what all the ministry was doing all over the world. And it's people like Heath Ragsdale that help support that, um, you know, through their support and through their giving and things like that. So, um, has got a couple of things to say.
1: Well, just so you can mark it down, the next meeting that we have is December 3rd, Sunday, December 3rd. So mark that on your calendars. And like Eric said, we've known Heath and his wife Holly um, for a few years now because of um, being partners with the ministry. And so Heath is a father of four between the ages of 9 and 14, two girls and two boys. And so he knows very well the, the um, determination, commitment it takes to juggle family church and business like all of you do so i'm sure he's going to share a bit on that later um he owns a business called uh premier anesthesiologist management premier anesthesiology management Mm -hmm, right and um so and so he's used to um he's an anesthesiologist and used to managing um facilities across the united states so from arizona to florida You know, so he's traveled and done work as well. But he's going to, I'm not going to say too much because he wants to share a lot of his story today. So let's just pray as we get started. If you want to stretch out your hands toward Heath. Come on, come on. Yeah. Father, we thank you for this man of God that you've brought us today. I thank you that your words are upon his lips and in his mouth. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you will take um, what he has prepared and what you have prepared with him. I thank you that you'll deliver it to hearts and minds that are open and fresh to receive. Father, what you want to sow into our lives today. Father, I thank you that in here we'll have the wisdom from heaven, heaven-level business understanding father in the name of jesus and father we also just appreciate the time that we get to spend together to encourage one another and may may there be joy and laughter always with the believers and with the righteous in jesus name name. amen 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 Amen, Amen. amen.
2: thank you first of all i'd like to thank eric i'd like to thank uh, everybody here for allowing me to come in i realize this is your turf you know it's your day i appreciate you um so my name's Heath. I live in uh, the Tulsa area. I've four kids as, as she politely told. And um, you know we're we're busy. You know all my kids they play sports. Um, I run a business. I have a wife that I love, that I date, that I try to make uh, make time for. Um, it's not easy. So I'm here today to tell you my story. Um here to tell you some hiccups, here to tell you some good things, here to tell you how the Holy Spirit helped me. Um, And hopefully, some of those things, they land for you. Um, You know, without the Holy Spirit, I never would have done anything great. Mm -hmm. Zero. There ain't anything that I've ever done to deserve credit for. Um, I've pretty much been third place my whole life. Been (laughs) mediocre my whole life. Um, I've seen that in sports growing up. Um, I played baseball, loved baseball. Um, Was decent at it. You know, I started varsity my freshman year, thought I had some things going on. Um, As the senior year started rolling around, I made an All-State team, but I didn't get voted All-State third place. Um, Didn't get any major recruitment offers, played at a small college, enjoyed it. It was great. I was blessed. I was good, but not not great. You know what I mean? I was trying, but not quite there. Um, Baseball was good for me. Um, football is a similar story. Played football, started varsity, quarterback, linebacker, sophomore year. Thought I had the juice, you know. Thought I knew what was going on. Um, same thing. Made an all-state team. wasn't quite there. Didn't make all-state. I think I was fifth place in that one. Had a couple small, like Division one, scholarships attempted to, to try to pick me up, but couldn't finish it. Couldn't do anything. Um, man, wrestling. Wrestling's a, I wrestled too. Wrestling is big in my family. So wrestled, um, yes. yeah, you got a wrestler family over there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But wrestling, so, you know, all those, <laughs> all those things, um, I just never quite made the mark. So wrestling, I made it to a state tournament, third place. And I'm not making this up. Another state tournament, second place. Another state tournament, third place. Another state tournament, third place. Made it to a big national tournament, won my bracket. Somebody else won their bracket. Um, triple overtime, I'm not joking. Triple overtime, second place. Mm. The kid that beat me, you know where he's from? Fort Worth. <laughs> Fort Worth. Yeah, yeah, Fort Worth. You know, and um, I never just quite had the mindset of being great. I was raised in a good, humble, conservative family, lower middle class, hardworking. Uh, my parents loved God. It taught me good attitude, hard work ethic. And that got me a long ways, but it never got me thinking great. And where I want to go with this is, how did I get there? How did my mindset change? And how I got there was with the Holy Spirit. And uh, what does that look like? And today I'm going to show you what that looks like with the power of the Holy Spirit, with how your workplace or wherever you go is your ministry. And then lastly, probably the most important is the goodness of God brings you to repentance. And when I say repentance, remember a perspective change. Because it isn't about sometimes about going to heaven or hell. It's about a perspective change because we're missing something. Um, When I started having those intersections of greatness, the Holy Spirit was coming in. The Holy Spirit was telling me things. The Holy Spirit was leading me. The Holy Spirit was building me up. For instance, I started out after um, I got a degree in science. And then I thought, man, I can't, I don't know if I can be a physician. I don't know if I can be good. I don't know if I'm that great. That's too long of a school. So I went to nursing school to go be a nurse and that's sister, a nurse anesthesiologist. It's kind of like a PA who does anesthesia. Great job, it's good, but it's not what, and it is a great job actually, but it's not what the greatness God had called on me. So my whole life, I'm trying to tell you that I had more in me that the Holy Spirit was willing to use, but my mindset was not picking up on it. Um, the Holy Spirit, in John 16, 7, it says, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. That's Jesus saying that. For if I do not go away, the helper, the parakletos, you know, that means the one called to walk beside you. It also has a different definition, meaning uh, para means to end, and kletos means the curse. So he's actually going to help you end the curse. And he's also, as you know from this great teaching in this church, the counselor, the strengthener, the standby, he's all these things. He will not come to you, but if I do go, I will send him to you. When I first read that a long time ago, it blew me away, because I thought, man, how awesome would it be if Jesus could come just stand right beside me? How awesome would it be, man, if, if somebody could say, Eric, if you could say, man, Jesus is gonna be with you everywhere, I mean, he's gonna stand by you. Man, that's awesome. But Jesus said, it's better that I go because I'm going to send the Holy Spirit, and He's going to be inside of you. And that life giving power inside of you is He saying, not me, is Jesus saying it's better than Him standing beside you. And secondly, Jesus is making all intercession for you at all times. Keep that in mind. And then John 16 13, just skipping it for. But when He, the Spirit of truth, comes, He will guide you into all truth. Not some truth, all truth. All realities. For he will not speak on his own initiative, but he will speak whatever he hears. He will even disclose to you what is coming in the future. So there's future things God's telling you. There's just future nudges that the Holy Spirit's telling you. And I'm going to land this to how it started speaking to me here. you just assume, but I want to build you up and tell you that there's future things. There's greater things. There really is greater things that he's nudging you towards that you keep pushing back because you think you're not good enough. And to be honest, you're not, but through him, you are. You're not. The most powerful thing that I've learned over the last few years is, is I can't do this, but you can. I'm not righteous, but you are. I'm in right standing with him. And that's a good place to be because when you're weak, he is strong. And I've noticed that when I start positioning myself and saying, I just need your help, man, I start getting this inner power coming inside of me. And it doesn't look like anything. That's just great. But I take that next step. I have that next joy. I have that next revelation. I have that next business idea. Things start changing. And then John 14, it says, but the helper, the Holy spirit, who the father will send to represent me and act on my behalf will teach you all things, not just some things teach you all things. So if you want to run a great business, if you want to have a great marriage, if you want to run great children, if you need help, how do I fix my air conditioner? How do I fix my car? How, what's going on? He says, he teaches you all things. Are you asking? And if you're asking, are you feeling great? Cause what he's going to say is going to blow you out of the water. I remember one time the Holy Spirit told me something and I said, how can you be that good? How can you be that good? That's when I knew it was God. How is that even possible? How is that even possible? It just brought me to tears. And, and this relates a lot. I'm going to share my side of the story, and I want you to plug in some things that may fit you and your job and your thing. Um, some of the stories I'm going to tell you about how the Holy Spirit worked were particularly involved in anesthesia and surgery. Uh, one story that really sticks out to me was a young boy. I say young, he's probably 30. A young man came in, he was having a big back surgery. We're in a smaller facility. This back surgery is a big deal for that facility. Um, He was a Marine, he's a veteran. He'd been injured in war, he'd had some back surgery done that wasn't really done right, so we had to redo it. So I'm doing the anesthesia, I'm putting him to sleep, the surgeon's doing that. So it's called a 360, it's where you go in from the front, you move all the vital organs over to the side, and then um, you clear out towards the spine. And then when you clear out towards the spine, you clean everything up and then you flip over and put the hardware in the back. Probably what some of you guys are aware of. So we're doing this case, he's had previous surgeries. So there's adhesive scar tissue, which means there's a lot of like crap in there connected and it's holding everything down. So the surgeon goes in, pulls some of the the bone tissue, which is normal way, pulls that adhesion, tears the aorta, which is the biggest pipe from your heart coming down. The only pipe from your heart coming down to your lower body the aorta it's pumping everything it's everything your heart's got going to your body it's pumping so he didn't really know what's going on because he he knew that he hit something that was bleeding but we didn't know what was going on so i'm monitoring we have an art line which is a beat to beat blood pressure so we put it in the artery and we measure blood pressure beat to beat so we know everything that's going on every second and i'm thinking man something's not right it's going down And usually when something like this goes on, you feel the tug of the Holy Spirit. Didn't feel anything yet. thought, man, this is sitting in. So I start doing my thing, you know, start treating with drugs, treating with different things. And then I hear an oh crap because the surgeon realized what he did. And so the human body has around five to six liters of blood in your circulation. We just lost almost five in 20 seconds. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. I'm at a small place, I'm by myself, and then everything just starts tanking. I got a 30-year-old guy. I saw his family. I saw his little kids in the waiting room. I saw what was going on, and that's going through my brain right now. Oh my gosh, what are we gonna do? So I'm doing the things I'm trained, I'm doing the drugs, I'm doing the blood, calling everything in. He loses more blood. And I've given some blood, so he's losing he lost his whole blood volume or six liters. I mean basically if you lose everything you got. So he's about to die. The blood pressure's going down. I see the beeps. So it makes this big waveform like this, just like this. And it's just flat like this, because there's nothing pumping. And I thought, Holy Spirit, I need you. You're merciful, I need you. He said, put your hand on his head and declare life, okay? I put my hand on his head. I said, in the name of Jesus, you will live. And blood pressure went like this. And when something like that happens, you think that you're like Moses going through the red sea. You're like, ah! I was like, oh my gosh, that worked. That's really what I said. I was like, holy smokes. Yeah. So I put my hand, I'd pray. But really, it was just so distinct because you didn't have time to really think either. I mean, we're in the middle of a bind. But the Holy Spirit's coming through. And so literally, I'm praying him through. I'm not. The Holy Spirit's praying him through. I'm just used as a tool. And we're praying this guy through. We're giving all the blood. We're giving everything. They stop the bleeding. We're catching up. Finish the surgery. When you have a blood loss like that, and you have things that go on like that, the amount of st- statistical damage that can occur is high, meaning like you, you, uh, just, you hurt your kidneys, you hurt your heart, you hurt your brain. Um, you have all these coagulation things in your blood that meaning like you can't clot right, and you'll just bleed out when you lose that much, like everything. So it's a big, big deal. And the reason I say that is I went in the next day, and he's supposed to be in ICU and he's there, but he's forcing his way and he wants to walk around but he's in a wheelchair, so okay. Praise God. Next day I walk in; he's wanting to get out. He's supposed to be there minimum a week. He basically is completely healed in three days, has no problems, walks out of there. You know, I don't. I never did tell anybody that that happened. I think I, one of the nurses noticed, and she kind of said something to it. But you know, I don't have to say anything. It's not. To be honest, I was scared. Um, but God, the Holy Spirit wants to work where you're at. The holy, you don't, you're not the one doing the miracles. I was shocked it even happened. I mean, the same spirit, I, I mean, I heard it all. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in me. I know that. You know that. You don't have to have it all together. All you have to do is listen. Um, there's miracles he wants to do with you. There's power he wants to do with you. There's wisdom he wants to bring to you, if you just listen. You know, another story, um, I'm only 41, and this was probably seven years ago, so I'm a young gun, coming in, doing anesthesia. I had this senior anesthesiologist, he's probably in his early 70s, about to retire. Went to an Ivy League school, Georgetown, I think. Ran one of the biggest group senior partners in um, Tulsa, and I tell you this because he's got some clout. I tell you this because he's well-educated, he's articulate. He's at this smaller facility, another one that I'm, and they want me to take over, favor. They just want me to take over, but he's throwing a fit. He's throwing a fight. He's harassing me. He's harassing our groups. He's making up lies. He's got the CEO against me. He's got the COO against me. He's got the chief nursing officer, chief If you can COO it, they're involved. And he's articulate. He's made a good case against me. And I said, God, what am I gonna do? What am I gonna do? He has all this. I was a nurse. I went to a foreign med school. I don't have anything. I mean, all I've gotten, you've given me. If I messed up, just tell me I'll repent, I'll own it. That's where the prayer started. If I messed up, what, just show me. Um, so I'm praying, don't hear anything, okay? Praying, don't hear much of anything, all right? Man, am I off? So I go back to the fundamentals. How do I hear the Holy Spirit? God inhabits the people of his praise, right? Start praising him. Start being thankful. It starts out, man, I just thank you for my house. Man, I just thank you for the air. I'm breathing. It starts out kind of generic. Man, I just thank you for being good. I just thank you. Then it gets powerful. Man, I'm so thankful that you saved me. I'm so thankful you saved my marriage. I'm so thankful that you got me a business. I'm so thankful that you healed my son. I'm so thankful. Turned into power. Then I started hearing And then heard just a little bit, didn't hear the full thing. Okay. I need out of this jam. What's going on? He's got everybody against me. If I don't get a word from you, I'm losing this business. And then, um, okay, go back to the fundamentals. I'm praising. I'm hearing a little bit. I start reading the word of God, quoting the word of God. Changes my perspective, changes my mind. Fear starts to leave me. So I'm telling you praise, thankful, read and say the word of God, get your perspective, right? And the third thing I started doing is praying in the Holy Spirit. And you can interpret your tongues. God says, ask to interpret your tongues. You can do this. It's not easy, it's it's easy, it's not hard. And what's that look like? So you pray in the Spirit, you set a little time to listen. Are you listening? I mean, if I was talking to Eric the whole time and he wanted to tell me something, say you were the Holy Spirit and I'm talking, I'm talking, I'm talking, I'm talking. Could you ever interject if I just talked the whole time? Sit down and take some time to chill. Set a timer on your phone if you have to. That's the reason why me personally, I mean, have you ever noticed that you hear the Holy Spirit when you're driving down the road? You ever hear the Holy Spirit when you're sitting, you know, at the airport or sitting in line somewhere? I like to hunt. Man, I hear the Holy Spirit like crazy when I'm in the deer stand. I'm by myself. I'm quiet. So I praised. I spoke the word to change my perspective. Fear left me. I prayed in the spirit and asked God to help me interpret it. When you interpret, it comes slow most of the time. There are times when it comes fast, meaning when you pray in the spirit, Father, help me interpret. Paul said, ask the Father, help me interpret this. So I just said, by faith, help me interpret it. Sometimes it's an idea. Sometimes it's a word. Sometimes it's a paragraph. Sometimes I'm driving down the road three days later and it just bursts out of revelation because I'm quiet. So anyway, I'm not hearing anything. So I get up early the next day because I need I know from experience I need quiet time. So I get up early, I pray in the spirit. I heard pride. Okay, maybe it's on me. So you know, you just jump to conclusions, I start repenting, start doing this. Holy Spirit says, no. what what are you trying to say? So I just get quiet again. He said, and then it was clear. Pride is proving you're right. Humbleness is doing the right thing. Pride is proving you're right. And humbleness is doing the right thing. Okay. That sounds like God. I couldn't have made that up on my best day. Um, So what do you want me to do? He said, tell everybody that. Whoa. I'm in this big board meeting. Supposed to be defending myself. They're talking medicine talk. They're talking administrative talk. I'm on the grind. So this physician, this, uh, the one with clout, starts presenting his case. The, the CEO is on his side. You know, he's involved in it. The chief nursing officer is giving accolades to him about it. Um, the chief of surgery, who is my friend, starts getting on his side. You feel the whole room shift. And I thought, oh man, God, I hope I heard you right. So, so, uh, And there's a point to that too You're always not going to feel like you have it all together Feelings are a lie Feelings are a lie And so it came back to me And they said what do you have to say I said pride is proving That you have to be right And humbleness is doing the right thing And I sat there quiet About ten seconds pause That's a long time in a Mm boardroom right Chief Nerfing Officer says, man, I don't know what just happened, but I think we're making the wrong decision. CEO says, man, I think, I think he's right. What are we doing here? My chief of surgery friend, he's back on board with me now. He, I think he thought his job was on the line is what I think happened. But uh, they started shifting the whole conversation. Long story short, I didn't get kicked out. I kept my job. Kept my group there and he was fired. Not gloating in him being fired because that could easily been me, could easily been you. Pride comes before a fall. Humble yourself. But what I'm saying is, is God came through for me. What What do you need God to come through for you on? What is it that you need? Is it a big meeting? Is it a new job? Is it a business idea? Is it helping your marriage? I need a lot of help in my marriage. God saved my marriage. The Holy Spirit can do it. He's life. He's power. He's your advocate. He's your strength. He's the one that's always in your pocket. He's better than Jesus if he was beside you. That's a strong statement. If I wouldn't have read it right off there, you'd probably chase me out of here. (laughs) Jesus said it's better I send him. What are you asking? And then when you ask, are you getting quiet? Are you listening? Are you praising your way into it? Are you speaking the word to change your perspective? Are you praying in the spirit? Did you ask to interpret it? He's willing. But he can do it for me, he can do it for anybody. I promise you. Another story, it's kind of similar. So, this just happened not too long ago. I was meeting with another CEO, and he, um, he's a firecracker. He's just like a cannon about to go off. He's got big anger, big, big attitude, like a Jersey guy, just always everything's big, everything's crazy, everything's over the top. And I know he's gonna make a play because he wants to hire his own anesthesia, which is gonna cut my profits, but I can still work there and I know the conversation that's coming. So this time, I've had a few stories of my own. I know how the Holy Spirit operates. So I'm thinking, okay, God, you got this. We've had some time together. What are we gonna do? I wasn't so stressed about it this time because I've had some good wins, but I knew he needed to show up because well, I knew what this guy wanted to do. And this guy never told me, I think the Holy Spirit was showing me things to come. So I knew what his heart was doing. And you'll pick up on people's hearts that way. It's not to condemn anybody. Right. You know, Jesus never came to condemn. He came to give life and life more abundantly. So when he tells you something negative going on, it's to pray against or to give a heads up. It's right. never to be critical. Right. Don't ever be critical. Yep. So I say, okay, Holy Spirit, what's up? Didn't hear anything, Pray's in my way, speaking the word, praying in the spirit, asking to interpret, nothing, okay? Get up a little early in the morning, same thing, nothing. Drive over, I get there a little bit early, sit in my truck, you to go meet this guy. And like I said, it gets crazy quick with him. Crazy quick with him. So I'm thinking, how am I going to handle this? He says, actually, right before I'm about to walk in, because I thought, well, I'll just handle it with wisdom. And so you use wisdom as a bridge if you're waiting on the Holy Spirit. Don't ever forget that. You always use wisdom as a bridge before the Holy Spirit gives you a word. So wisdom, what that would look like is I'm going to be polite. I'm going to try to be a little quiet. I'm going to say the things I got to say. But I didn't have to use that because right before I went in, the Holy Spirit said, don't say anything. Whoa, this guy's crazy. I got to defend myself. I got to say something. I know what's coming. I've seen him hammer people. I've seen him fire people. Okay. So I walk in. He's kind of, it almost seems belligerent, but I think it's more the culture. He's loud. He's over the top. He's saying some things. I don't say anything. He says some more things and they're pretty over the top and he is coming for my business. He is coming for my money. He is coming for the work that I have and uh, didn't say anything. He keeps talking and talking and talking and then he pauses like I should say something. I don't say anything. This guy is not a 10 second pause like the other one because he likes to talk, so it was a five second pause. Still kind of weird, right? Don't say anything. Long story short, that guy ends up talking himself out of the plan he had into the plan that I had wanted the whole time without me even presented it. And at the end, I shook his hand and I thought, wow. That's God. That's God. Has everything in my life been like that? No. I just told you that I was always third place or mediocre. Has the things in my life even now when I know the Holy Spirit like that? No. But when I ask the Holy Spirit to come in and help me, it is. It'll end up that way, I promise you. The word says it, I don't say it. It says he tells you all things to come. If I could petition you to do anything, it would be, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do? I can't handle this on my own. I'm weak, but in you I'm strong. So the faith, you're not saying I'm weak and like you can't handle it, but as yourself, you are weak. But you weren't designed to handle everything on your own. The Holy Spirit was designed to take everything up for you. The Holy Spirit was designed to take your case, to end the curse, to be your standby, to be your helper, to be your counselor, to be your advocate, to be your speaker, obviously, with me. You didn't have to say anything. I wish I could have saw what was going on in the spirit realm on that. That'd probably been a cool calm little sight to see what was happening. That guy talked himself right out of that. Your business is your ministry. When I got that, my life changed big time. And what I mean by that is wherever you go, you should be talking about Jesus. And I know that sounds kind of cliche. We all know that, but do you? And what does that mean? So Mark chapter 16, it says, as you go everywhere, preach openly the wonderful news of the gospel to the entire human race. Signs will follow those who believe you believe in one. You cast out demons, speak in new tongues, heal the sick, raise the dead, all that good things. Your business and where you're at is your ministry. If you have a stoppage in your business, if you have a clog in what you think that God's calling you to do, do you have the mindset that your business is your ministry? Because it is. Do you have the mindset where you're going today is your ministry? Because it is. Do you have the mindset when you go into the gas station, when you go into Walmart, is that your ministry? Because it is. He said it. He Said, as you go everywhere, preach openly. I'm not saying you have to be all crazy and preach it, but you should be listening to the Holy Spirit all the time. Holy Spirit, I, Holy Spirit, I feel off a little bit. I don't feel refreshed. Something off in me. My mind been on other things. Happens to me all the time. I'm always checking in. Always asking Him what's going on. And a good example of that, probably one of the coolest stories I think I got. Um, this May, I went to the Bahamas awesome. Awesome place. Took my wife. We went to the Four Seasons. Beautiful place. Beautiful place. Um, And we had a purpose there. We invited God into the trip. We really did. I just didn't go there to hang out. We invited God into our trip. Um, I picked up a Jimmy Evans Exo marriage booklet, and we made it a priority every morning. We're going to pray together. And to be honest, my wife and I we pray together, but not that much. We do a lot now because we saw the power of God move in our marriages. We saw the power of God move in our children. So we're doing our Jimmy Evans thing. It's great. has great conversations. We're doing it. But the power of it is is we're inviting the Holy Spirit into our day. We're inviting the Holy Spirit into our marriage. We go out. We ride jet skis. We have fun. We play volleyball. We do all the things. So meaning we're doing worldly things, but yet we invited God in. We're... Um, Everywhere we go, I'm thinking about him, but I'm not being a weirdo saying, are you saved, are you saved, are you saved, are you saved? If the Holy Spirit told me to ask that, I would probably ask that, but I'm not projecting religion on anybody. I'm enjoying myself, trying to listen to the Holy Spirit as much as I can. So we come back to the room. Uh, the, the maid is in there. In the Four Seasons, is, it's a five-star place. It's, and they're taught there that they should leave when you come in the room. So we get in the room, she's about to leave, felt the check. Mm-hmm, that's weird. I said, no, 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 let's go ahead and stay. So I used wisdom too. I didn't know what the check was, but I felt it. I felt it in here. Same thing that got me through all those other things. I thought, hmm, maybe he wants to do something. I said, no, 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 stay here. Her name was Siobhan. I said, Siobhan, stay here. I said, we won't be long. We're just, we're just changing clothes. We're about to go uh, see Atlanta. Uh, yeah, we're going to Atlantis Resort. We're going to check it out. Never been there. And um, she does her thing. We're about to leave. And then I heard inside tell her I miss her. And I thought, mm, I don't know if I'm going to say that. <laughs> I've been telling you my highlights. So I'm going to tell you some gaps. I said, I don't know if I'm going to say that. I feel it, but I don't feel it. You know, I hear it, but I don't hear it. It's that nudge. Hmm. So she leaves. Then he gets onto me. Mm. I told you to tell her I miss her and wouldn't leave it alone wouldn't leave me alone about it. I mean, I'm his anyway. I mean, I should listen, but he wouldn't leave me alone. I'm thinking, man, I'm going to Atlantis. My wife's looking hot. We're about to hang out. We're going out. <laughs> I'm going to Atlantis. I'm enjoying her. We're going to have fun together. We're going to go shopping. We're going to hang out. We're going go to the pool, whatever. And he says, no, I told you to tell her. Okay. I called the front desk. Front desk thinks there's something wrong. You know, if a client's calling I'm thinking, geez, What'd she do? I said, oh, she didn't do anything. And they kept trying to say, well, she didn't do anything. I just need to ask her something. Uh, my wife's in the room, it's not gonna be weird. And she can stand outside the door, that's fine. Just tell her to come on. She came. And I know I'm supposed to say it. I don't know what's gonna have to happen. I say, Jesus, however weird it sounds, says he misses you. She starts bawling like a baby. And it's not my religious words, it's the Holy Spirit's actions when he speaks and says, how did you know? I don't know, he knows. He misses you. She starts telling me about how she went to Miles Monroe Church, how she had done all these great things, how her life was committed and now it's not, how it's broken, how she's hurting, how he think, she thinks he, he, Jesus doesn't love her anymore. Brings her back, brings her back to repentance, brings her back to salvation, brings her back to joy. She got a kickback. So she noticed, the, the funny thing about it is, is um, She noticed I like Diet Coke, and I like um, dark chocolate almonds. So I was eating the fire of those almonds, drinking Diet Cokes like it's going out of style. And then, uh, so the next day, I noticed my room stacked full of Diet Cokes. Stacked. (laughs) (laughs) I had a case of dark chocolate almonds sitting up there just for me. Because they charged you for them too, I think. But she snuck them in there for me, and I thought. And when I would walk by, she would just go like this. (laughs) Just like this. It's just like this. Did I do that? No, I didn't. Was I a tool to be used to do that? Yeah, I was. I was. And um, as good as that is, that's probably one of my best stories. But it didn't end there. We were, we were done with our trip. Had a great trip. My wife and I really connected. Got some things talked out we needed to talk about. Had some plans we needed to get planned. And that's wisdom too. It's great. Don't forget wisdom. Riding um, Riding home. Um, leaving, getting into a SUV, tons of bags. My wife's got tons of bags, chopped, did all kinds of stuff. And uh, this guy, his name is Brother G. Brother G, I'd like it. I mean, isn't that a cool name? Yeah. Wish I had a name like that. Brother G, I mean, you can't forget it. But he said, he said, he who finds a wife finds a good thing. I thought, yeah, yeah, you're right. So, I mean, it confirmed some things. And then he just starts talking normal. And I feel the Holy Spirit again. I thought, oh, my gosh. That's awesome, but it's also a little uncomfortable. I'm driving home from a trip. I mean, at this point, I'm like, if you want me to say something, I'll say something. And then I'm waiting, because I know he's tugging. So when you feel the tug, listen. Everybody feels the tug, listen. Sometimes you don't get your answer because you're not listening. You feel the tug, you have to go somewhere to listen. Sometimes that may mean if you're at work, stepping in the bathroom for five minutes. I don't know what that looks like for you, but you got to listen. So I was listening. And I heard, tell him these three things. Told him those three things. He said, how'd you know? Starts crying. His wife's sick. Told him. Told him some some things God wanted to do in his life. He said, yeah, that's right. He said, man, I don't know. I just know the Holy Spirit loves you. He said, man, my wife's been sick. She's got cancer. She's about to die. So we prayed for her. I know she got better and I know that they felt the power of God. Do I know she's fully recovered? I know God wants her to be fully recovered, but I didn't get the praise report saying, you know, her cancer's gone. I'm not gonna lie to you about that. But he said, I felt the power of God in that car, like I've not felt before. And I had joy coming back in my life, that I've not felt in the last three years since COVID. I didn't do that. The Holy Spirit did that. And that was just as you go, as you go. So if I could say it this way, especially of the church who has such good preaching here, as you go, listen. As you go, when you feel the tug, pay attention. If you hear something, I mean, there's a reason why the Bible says to pray without ceasing, to give thanks continually. It's not, just a, it's not just an order. I mean, as you go, when you feel the tug, if you can't hear, quote a little scripture to get your mind right. Start praising, being thankful. I mean, you can say that under your breath easy. Man, I'm so thankful to be here. I'm so thankful that Eric asked me to come here. I'm so thankful that I have the people to listen to. I'm so thankful I get to share my story and maybe somebody's life will get a little bit better than mine did. I'm so thankful. And the Holy Spirit says, whoa. <laughs> he's speaking my love language now. <laughs> now I can speak to him because he changed his perspective. Now he can speak to you. Now he can speak to you and you. Without That's how you change your perspective. One thing that he's really been showing me lately is that The goodness of God is what leads you to repentance. It is. The fear of God is powerful and it is awesome. But it's not the fear of God that leads you to repentance. And one thing that I want to bring for me, that the fear of God, or really it's the goodness of God that brought me to repentance, is the goodness of God is what brought me to a change in my perspective, like I told you when I first started. It's kind of like what Brother Jerry said this morning, I'm glad he said it, is there certain sins that necessarily aren't going to send you to hell but it's going to make you compromising it's going to make you mindful of man, it's good things but it's not really great things I found in my life that I was doing good things but not necessarily God things it's hard to explain, meaning so when um Peter was rebuked by Jesus. Take that for example. He said, um, you know, in that same hour, he said, basically, Jesus said, who do you think I am? Peter says, you're the son of God. Great revelation, Peter. Only God could have told you that. I mean, Peter's a super apostle. He went on the Mount of Transfiguration with Jesus. He's one of his top three. Within that same hour, Christ rebukes him. So Jesus says, you know, I have to go die. I'm gonna get crucified. And they know what crucifixion is way more than what we do. They knew the pain that was going to happen. And Peter says, no, don't do it. And Christ says, shut up, Satan. You know, I rebuke you. He says, you have the mind of man, not the mind of God. And that stuck out to me. So Peter was doing a good thing. Because when you say good thing, he didn't want his rabbi to die. That was his teacher. He saw him do miracles. He's the Messiah. He's the son of God. He didn't want him to die. He wanted a good thing, but not a God thing. (laughs) And those are sneaky ones. You know, those are the compromising things. Those are the things that are gray areas that you could play all day long. But is the spirit in it? And I'm not talking about being religious about something. I'm talking about is the Holy Spirit in it? And what that looked like for me not too long ago was um, actually about two weeks ago. I felt dry. I felt like my joy was off. Didn't feel refreshed. I wasn't hearing, had an attitude. Wife said, you need to check yourself. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> yeah, she's a spitfire. She's from Alabama, loves Alabama football, and she is feisty. It's like Jesus, Nick Saban, Alabama football right there. She said, check yourself, man. And I said, uh, I thought, man, what's up, God? I feel so dry. I feel so lonely. I feel so frustrated. I got, a, I got a flip house that I'm doing right now. Um, you told me to do it. It's not selling. You told me it would sell. You, I felt like he told me it would sell this certain week. It didn't happen. I thought, man, I missed that one. And he said, the goodness of God draws people to repentance. That's where I learned this from just two weeks ago. I said, man, what do you mean by that? He said, my goodness changes your perspective. Your perspective is on yourself and your circumstances. It's a good thing you're identifying with, man, when I checked myself, I said, man, I'm praising, man, I'm reading the word, man, I'm doing this, man, I'm doing that, man, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. And I thought, oh man, there's a bunch of eyes in there. Mm -hmm. My identity was in that thing. My idol, my identity, my idol was in that thing. One of the biggest hiccups that you'll get, that I got anyway, the biggest gaps in your armor for Satan to steal from you is your idol. And it's not always a bad thing. I'm not, I don't have a big bell statue up there worshiping, you know, not going to a bunch of strip clubs doing crazy stuff. But my identity wasn't in him. It was a man's idea, not a guide idea. And yeah, he wanted me to sell that house. He wanted me to do those things. And you have to be careful with this because it can go into religion pretty easy. You have to check yourself, as my wife would say, check yourself. But you have to ask the Holy Spirit, what's going on? Where am I at? When you start putting a little eyes in there, like I'm doing this, I'm doing that. And I just told you some fundamentals that I know you've heard, you know, you gotta praise, you gotta listen, you gotta pray in the spirit. When you start saying I, 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 you're in the wrong place. All you should say is I humble myself and I need your help. And he's gonna tell you what to do. And so I did that. I repented, not because I thought I was going to hell, because I thought I want his goodness come into my life because his goodness is everything that I need. He's not holding his goodness back from anybody. He's not holding his goodness back from me. He's not holding his goodness back from you. He's not holding his goodness back from you or you or you. You. Nobody. His goodness is pouring on constantly. It's unimaginable how good he is and how much it happens. The only thing that's holding me back is my identity and myself or the things that I hold true that I can be good, even good habits that aren't with him. And Satan uses that to steal from you. Satan uses that to block from you. And if you're wondering why, man, I should have had that business deal, man, I should have had that money, man, I landed the business deal, my money, and it was stolen from me. Where's your gaps? Where's your identity? I'm not saying that you won't have a bad day. The Bible says, a righteous man has many troubles, but the Lord has delivered them from them all. But when you're having your troubles, are you refreshed? Do you feel like you have fruit of the spirit? I'm not saying you can't have a bad day or a bad couple of days. I can be frustrated, that's okay, I'm human. But if I have a couple weeks of being frustrated, I mean, that happens, I need to check myself. I do, I need to repent because God's goodness is coming everywhere, everywhere. He's given you that new business idea. He's given you how to promote yourself at work. He's given you your healing. He's given you your marriage. He's given you your children. He's given you that coworker you've been praying for. His goodness is pouring in. It's always pouring in. It's just we're allowing. Some things are blatant sin that are blocking us. And some things are just minor identity problems, but they're not so minor because Satan's able to deceive you. Are you still going to heaven? Absolutely. You still have a good life? Yeah, you do. Are you getting your very best? No, you're not. I wouldn't. You got to rely on the Holy Spirit. He searches all things, all realities, even the spiritual things. So if you need a check, maybe you should check in with him. That's what I did. And I can't make this up. This really happened. After I repented, and I'm so glad I have this story. After I repented, I promise you, this isn't like just some faith talk of like this happened, like it didn't happen a week. With in the five minute times of repentance, meaning I changed my perspective. I said, Holy Spirit, come in and help me. Did I feel a little bit refreshed? Yeah, but actually not a lot. It took, it took about a day to really start changing my heart, my mentality, my attitude. Didn't change right away, but I got a call, no joke. My brother calls me He's helping me flip this house. He says, realtor just call. we have a bid on the house. It's a contract. Awesome. My accountant calls as he's on the phone. So I can't, can't answer it. Call her back. He says, hey, just felt like I should refile your 22, uh, 2022 taxes. We got a $5,000 return coming in. God, you are so good. I don't deserve any of this. I was frustrated at you. I was whining to you. I was doing all the eyes and they're smart, they're wise. You should do those things actually. But I was focused on my identity in you, in myself really, than what you had to say. And his goodness is raining. And could you say that's a highlight reel? Yeah, it's a pretty good highlight reel, but I promise you his goodness, because the word says his goodness is always coming. It's always coming, it's always raining. What are you doing to position yourself to where you can receive his goodness? What are you doing to position yourself to where you can he- hear and understand the Holy Spirit? What are you doing? Are you reading the word? Are you avoiding those things? And man, and this are so common, meaning um, just three or four days ago, I felt the heaviness again. I thought, man, I gotta go speak here. What do you want me to speak on? I don't hear anything. What, what story do you want me to tell? What's going on? What do you want me to say? Nothing, and I felt dry. I feel moody, I feel that same feeling. I check in this time, a little bit quicker than last time. What's going on, man? I mean, I'm just gonna own it. You were watching a Netflix series the other day and uh, you felt something in your, in your heart, you said, turn it off, and you didn't. He's not condemning me because Jesus came to give me life and life more abundantly. All he's saying is, is your perspective changed to where you're missing the blessing, not that you're going to hell, but you're missing the blessing. You were compromising your situation. And I just asked you to turn it off. And to be honest, I think most people probably wouldn't have thought it was that big of a deal. It wasn't just blatant, nasty stuff on there. It's kind of a gray area to be real about it. But I did fill a check and I thought, eh, I'm tired. I want to watch something. I'm just going to watch it. But it, it didn't send me to hell at all. But it changed my perspective enough, the inside man enough to where I wasn't picking up on what the Holy Spirit was saying so I could receive his goodness. You know, there's nothing that you can't repent for. There's nothing that he's not too good for. There's nothing that's not so big that he can't finish it. And I know you know that. But would you ask the Holy Spirit to come in your life and start revealing that? Because he's willing to change it. He's willing to change it today. He's not, I mean, he'll change it tomorrow, but he says, I'm here now. He says, I'm the life now. You know, one thing I really felt impressed when I was coming over here today was there certain hindrances, Sabelle kind of brought it up lightly, just again, that hold people back that you can't shake. Some people call it a yoke. You know, a yoke is this big old wooden thing that was on an ox's neck back in the day. They put these big old U-shaped wooden uh, holders in them And it would hold that big old wooden yoke to the neck. So you had this big old U thing through the neck, holding that wood yoke across the back. And they were pulling weight, pulling wagons, pulling things with it. And the enemy can sometimes put a yoke on you. I've had them. My yoke for a long time was bitterness. Somebody had wronged me so bad. And I was wise enough to keep my mouth shut that it festered in here a long time probably made me sick. I got real bad sick. Felt like God wasn't doing anything. Who's to say exactly what it cost? But I know it wasn't good, but it was a yoke. When I say yoke, for me, it was something that I didn't want. I knew it was bad. Um, I would prayed about it. it. Didn't really break. I'd read some awesome Christian counseling books on it. Didn't really change. I remember writing that person's name on a paper and burning it, saying it would help. Now, did all those things lessen it and make it easier? Yeah, yeah, it did but it didn't really change much until a yoke was broken. So yoke is something the enemy can do to push on you without, with relentless effort. So he has relentless effort on you. So yoke would be something that you're trying to get rid of, but it just doesn't move. You've been trying for years, three months, six months, year, decade, 20 years. I mean, I had bitterness almost a decade. It was horrible. And you don't want it. I mean, I remember thinking, why am I even thinking this? I love God. Why is this even in my mind? I rebuke you, Satan. You know, and actually, it would leave for a little bit and come right back, or it would lessen it. A yoke is something that the enemy has on your life, and there's various reasons why, that just keeps hindering you, just keeps stopping you, and there's nothing you can do about it. Now, when you repent, now when you praise, and when you use the name of Jesus, you bust that yoke up. You take the strap off, you take the yoke, the big horseshoe thing, you splinter it up, you take the weights off. That's why some people feel a little bit of release, maybe all the way released, but the yoke starts forming back because you didn't deal with the root. Is, Is there anything in your life that has yoked you? Is there anything that's made you bitter? Is there anything that's made you shameful that you can't shake? Is there anything, was there a negative word spoken over you that just never released out of your mind? Is there something? Is there sickness on your body that just won't leave? And you've been going to the doctor, you've been praying, you've been rebuking it. Is there religious actions? Is there guilt? Is there unforgiveness? Is there anything in your life? I'm here to tell you that he's here to break the yoke. I'm here to tell you today, not by me, but the Holy Spirit is here to give you a life-changing yoke breaking and push you ahead. And what that looks like is just a, a simple repentance. And then I'm just gonna just corporately pray over everybody. So I'd like for you, as we close, to think about in your hearts and ask the Holy Spirit, is there anything in my life that I need to let go of? Is there any identity problems in my life that I need to just, man, they're good things, but they're just not really the God things. I man, Peter did it. I've done it. Peter was a super apostle, man. He just gave the most delightful news to Jesus could ever hear, the son of God. And then he says, man, you have Peter, I rebuke. You have the mind of man. And he, and he loved Jesus. He didn't want him to die. So it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just what's that hesitant in the spirit? And the Holy Spirit will tell you And these are big things, you know. Is the yoke in your life just wrong thinking? Is it lust, is it perversion? Whatever it is, he's here. And you don't, you just need to deal with it yourself and say, I don't want that thing anymore. I don't wanna be that way anymore. And when you say that, God comes in, breaks the yoke, splinters it all up, and then corporately we agree together and it's gonna fall off and things are gonna start changing. So in summary, I'm a mediocre person, couldn't do much of anything. Had some good things, and thank God my parents taught me a lot of good things. But when I started allowing the Holy Spirit to come in my life, I had some intersections of greatness. It's not always great, pretty hard life sometimes, but he gives me some great things. And when you listen to him, when you obey him, when you invite him in, when you check yourself, he's able to operate. Wherever you go, wherever you're at, when you drive out of here today, when you run to the um, academy, when you run to the gas station, when you run to the soccer game, wherever you got, at your ministry. What's that mean? Holy Spirit, use me today. When you feel the tug, spend a, a minute listening. He's going to change your life and you're going to have your own stories. He is. You say, holy smokes, that person got healed. Wow. Holy smokes. I had a word of knowledge. I didn't even know that was coming. So it's the anointing, that destroys the yoke. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna lead us through just a simple prayer. And, uh, and I'm just gonna judge myself repentant. So whatever you wanna check inside, just check it by yourself. You don't have to say it real loud. If there's something big, just whisper it under your breath. No big deal. God hears you, he's got it. If there's a yoke in your life, acknowledge it, say you don't want it anymore. And I'm just gonna pray a simple prayer, asking God to bless you. I'm gonna curse the yoke. And we're gonna move about our day and let the Holy Spirit reign, okay? And after that, if you have any questions or you feel like you want more prayer or you just wanna talk, I'm free, free to, to help anybody. So we're gonna pray now. So Father, in the name of Jesus, we all agree together and we come to you. And you said when we agree together that you would do it, that you would be in the midst of us. Father, we just repent for everything that we've done wrong because you're full of goodness. You're full of greatness, Lord. Lord, I repent. Lord, for not treating my wife like I should treat the church. Lord, I've messed up on that. Lord, she's a great person in my life and I should treat her better. Lord, I repent for having the things of man, not your God things. I have my identity sometimes in myself and I repent for it. And whatever you have now, just repent and say, I don't want it, forgive me. Because God is good. He's always good. And there's nothing, nothing that's hindering his goodness other than wrong thinking. And the enemy trying to steal it from you. So by the name and by the blood of Jesus, I break every yoke in this room by the enemy. I break every agreement of the devil. I break every blockage of the devil. And in Jesus name, I command them all to fall now in Jesus name. You know, life and death is in the power of the tongue. I break every word curse over you. I break every deceitful spirit over you telling you you're not enough. I speak life into you. I speak abundance into you. In Jesus' name, I speak new things and new creation into you. I command a stirring in your spirit to arise. I command your discernment to increase. I command you to hear the Holy Spirit without limits. I command the goodness of God and the joy of God to come back to you. I command a new spring in your step, a new refreshment to come in your lives. In Jesus' name, amen. That's all I got.
0: It's a, it's a new day we're living in right now. And the fact that the walls have come down to be able to easily minister to uh, those that have left the church, that have been hurt by the church, and those that aren't even saved anymore. And, uh, you know, but we have to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. You know, some of you may not relate to uh, what the Chariots of Light go out and do when they go into a, a park or a, or a motorcycle rally and just go out and start just ministering to people. But every day you come across people that are hurting, that need yokes destroyed, that need healing, that need uh, to understand that they need to forgive other people in their past, and you know because uh, people have been hurt by people, and, and the worst kind of hurt comes through when they get hurt through the church, and then they're out. And uh, Nikki and I've encountered, you know uh, over the past two months, several people like that where, where they're, they're not serving God, they know they should be. They know they're not in the place that they should be. And uh, by direction of the Holy Spirit, he sent us into these places, you know, and I shared some of these at church, you know. It wasn't that we needed a pair of sunglasses so bad, so badly, but it was an encounter with the, with the manager at the sunglass place, you know. So this was great. I mean, did y'all get something out of this today? I mean, we just gotta, we gotta be more sensitive to the spirit of God because these are the last days. You don't want somebody's blood on your hands because you didn't say something. We were driving down the road. uh, You know, the Bible says that in Acts, church growth, church growth wasn't a, a program, a model. It wasn't, uh, a gathering to teach people how to grow a church, it, you know, have a 37-minute sermon. It wasn't, it wasn't this. It was that the Lord added, as these people daily prayed, they fellowshiped together, they broke bread together, they told testimonies together, and it said the Lord added to the church. And what that is, is and what I heard from today, is that the Holy Spirit wants to use us and that's how God's going to add to the church. It's not because we launch the next great program. It's because God's people care enough about people that are going to hell, that God's people care enough about people that uh, need healing, that, that people that have walked away and uh, they, don't, they don't feel like they deserve to come back to church or they, or they may not want to come back because that's where they got hurt. But it's God's people doing the work of God. And that's what that's what i got out of today. We were driving uh, to lunch and um, up McCart. And, uh, you know, if you look around, let me just say it this way. You could say we weren't in the best neighborhood. And um, we're going to a restaurant that we had never been to. And, and we pass this bus stop and I saw a woman sitting on, on the bench there and, uh, the Lord, and I saw in the spirit, I saw her troubled, like it was like, foom it was like a, a flash that I saw. And that's not stuff that we can ignore anymore. You know, like he was saying that he had, that had he just, he was giving you one of his, uh, his slow moments. You know, where he, but then he called, he had to go, now he's got to call the front desk, try to explain to them why he's got to get this girl down here, right? And so there's times where, where we and so I said, nah, we're going to lunch, you know. And a half a mile later, about to cross over the interstate, this didn't go away. And we're with other people in the car. I said, well, I need, I need y'all to turn the car around. I got to go talk to this, this lady on this bench back here. And um, another person in the car said, yeah, I had the same thought. So two of us had had this thought. So there was four of us in the car. And, and uh, so we turned around, went back, and, and she was sitting there. I said, well, who's coming with me? <laughs> well, when I approached her, uh, and Nikki, Nikki came out with me, and when I approached her, I said, how can we, we were sent back to help you, the Lord Jesus. We drove down the road. He had us turn around to come. Ask you how we can help you. And um, through, through conversation and, and Nikki talked to her and stuff and, and um, this guy was approaching and I said, is this, guy, is this guy with you? She goes, no, I don't know that guy. And um, he came over and said something. And I said, hey, we're good. And he walked off. And I don't know if our showing up was just to intervene for her at that moment with this guy that didn't have pure intentions for approaching, but we were able to pray over her and release. I mean, the power of God was so strong, and the anointing of God came on her, and uh, you know, and she, and she had she had a scripture on her thigh. I said, I know you know the Lord because I see that scripture, and it's about a it's about a virtuous woman. Proverbs 31. And so, you know, these are the kinds of things that we have to be sensitive toward, especially because uh, your, your giftings and your callings that God's placed in you isn't all the time for the four walls of that building over there. It's The four walls of that building is a place where we gather to encourage each other to grow in the gifts and callings that God's placed on us so that when we walk out the four walls, we walk in those giftings and callings and that we're not mediocre, like what he's saying, you know, and we, and we grow up in those things. And that's why, that's why the, the people get this wrong and they 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 see the pastor up there and the but it just says the pastor's there to equip for you as believers to do the work of the ministry which is outside of the four walls and it's we're all been given the ministry of reconciliation reconciling reconciling people to Jesus amen I don't like when people get up and, and preach another sermon after somebody's preached a sermon, but I just became one of those people.) <laughs> but I do believe it was something the Lord wanted to add to. Hope that's okay. Heath. So let, So let's thank uh, Heath for coming and preparing today.) And, and while you're standing, uh, Nikki, it's going to pray us out here?
1: I mean, I do, you know, I know, I, can I preach another message? Just Sermon kidding. number three. Just kidding. But I do think this is a timely word. We didn't know what we were going to hear from Dr. Savell today. You know, that progress. We're going to progress and we're going to advance. And sometimes it has to start with what we heard right here, is that for you to make progress, yokes have to be broken. And if there are any, those have to be broken really before you can really advance or you're going to get stuck. And so, you know, I, I really hope we receive.
0: I'm just sensing by the Holy Spirit that there's, there's a few people in here that, um, you know, when he prayed a corporate prayer over everybody that you, you said to yourself, you know, I've done this before. Um, and you may not have had the faith for that. And you might need hands laid on you to, it says the anointing breaks the yoke. And if that's you, once she prays the prayer, uh, Heath, if it's all right, he'll, he'll be around and you need prayer, uh, just come up and see him individually. Amen. Amen. Amen.
1: Father, we thank you for this word today. Father, it was so powerful. And Father, your truth will always set us free. So Father, we believe that today. We thank you, Father, that you're giving us you're such a faithful father. You're so faithful to teach us and to train us and to minister to us what we need when we need it. Because father, your will for us is to move forward. Your will for us is for our businesses to move forward and our families and our marriages to move forward. So father, we thank you. We thank you, father, for this man of God that you sent with us, sent to us with this word. Father, thank you for his obedience to speak from his own story and his own experience and father to unashamedly tell us how it's done and how the devil works and how to win. Father, we will take this word and we will win in Jesus' name. Father, I pray the blessing over every person in this room, over their families, over their marriages, over their businesses. Father, those looking to be married. Father, I pray over those spouses. Father, may they be only the right ones at the right time. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Father, I thank you that your face you turn your face and it shines upon us. Thank you for your favor and your grace on every person in this room and every business represented here. Make us like heaven. Make our businesses heaven on earth, Father. Let us do what you've called us to do and only what you called us to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.